Podcast would carry me away. But while talking to Squeak Nick and Michelle get a word in Edgeways, record over a bottle of rum on a darker Southampton Bay. To South, that is what we're talking about. To South, saddle up my microphone, get deep in Baker Bone. To South by Southeast. Hello and welcome to Due South by Southeast, the show that gives Due South its dues. No, Michelle, oh, I mean, I haven't even introduced you yet. I'm Detective Squeeze with me as always. Nancy Michelle. When I said give Jews others Jews, I said Jews, not... I'm sorry, Mr. Bear. Oh, bother. I'm sorry, Michelle has invited you here mistakenly. Could you leave before we record, please? Oh, very well, then. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thanks for coming. Bother. Screw your bitch wasting my time. Oh, Mr. Bear, that's unnecessary. Oh, let you take off now. Jews, not poo. Sensible as ever? Yes, uh, well, we don't um, We apologise for the waterfall in the background. <laughs> Recording in Michelle's house, you've got a new fish tank, fish tank filter. I have. Now, the last one, I used to be able to push it down under the water a little bit and it'd be quieter. This right. one can't do that. Why? It's stuck with this noise. It's too, it's too tall, it won't go under the water. Get a short one then. Jeez, you should be used to short things. Moving on swiftly, there's a podcast going on here about Joseph, I believe. Yeah, and uh, well, let's, let's kick it straight into what we're drinking tonight, because this was yes. a Christmas present from you Ooh. to me. Oh, birthday, no, it birthday, birthday present. Birthday present. So uh, this is Phoenix Tears. So yes. we've, we've held this back a few weeks just, <laughs> just for such an occasion. Yes. So uh, we're actually drinking the first bit straight, which is, oh my God, it's got a kick to it. Oh, yes, it has. But it's very nice. It's got kind of kind of glittery finish to it. Yeah. Make it look as special as it sounds, I guess. And a nice kind of velty caramel kind of mm. flavour. Um, so that's a little connoisseur <laughs> feature this week for that. Yeah, it's another spiced rum. We've, yep. we've had quite a lot of spiced rums. I think we'll have to try some of the other ones. Well, maybe some might have some cracking for next time. Ooh, yes. We should definitely uh, do some cracking next time. Might have some cracking. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, the, as we're recording this, right, so... If I'm correct, and this is always pure guesswork, I think by the time they hear this, the the, the loyal listeners, they will have heard uh, uh, your Mountie moment, your te- top ten Mounties, mm. and then they'll have heard, sorry, top ten Canadians. Yes, that's I can't think of top ten. I can't think of ten Mounties. Well, we'll make it top <laughs> ten Mounties then. Jeez, girl. I mean, I would start on my list, but I, I think it's obvious. Anyway. Top 10 Canadians, then they'll have Men With Brooms Part 2, which I hope of will... 65. I hope it'll be only this Part 2 too, but you never know with Johnny Whitetrush. When we're recording this, we haven't done that yet. We have to kind of sync clocks with uh, Johnny, because he's in Canada. Um, 
yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, I, I love Johnny, but Jesus, an adventure recording a podcast with him. So, um, so yeah, this week we're we're, we're going to be talking about Chinatown, yeah. but but not just yet, Michelle. First of all, how's your week been? In, oh. in this, as we record it, still around Christmassy it's, time. Yeah, it's Boxing Day today. Which as we uh, record. well, which the Canadians will know as we do that it's the day after Christmas. But for any Americans yeah. or people from elsewhere outside the Commonwealth. I don't even know where the Boxing Day comes from. I don't know why we call it that. Ah, apparently the day after uh, Christmas, rich folks used to box up uh, either, I think it was either wanted presents, old stuff that they then had new stuff to replace, and uh, bits of food the day afterwards, and they'd give them to their servants for their service throughout the year. I don't need this anymore. You could have it. (laughs) Pretty much. And it's like leftover food, which obviously is a very servitude way of looking at things but back then where food wasn't as easy to store and to keep for long periods of time and it wasn't that kind of easy to have a lot of fresh meat for instance all Mm. the time it was seen as a good gift yeah i'm sure it was again i'm not saying that it was good (laughs) that you had basically your class system but yeah it's not maybe as as awful as it sounds no it's pretty awful anyway it's bad yeah so anyway so that's today yeah. So obviously I've boxed everything up and given it to my servants already. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's the kids then, yeah. <laughs> oh, if only they would serve me. So, anyway. so you've been pretty much, as an NHS nurse, just been lazing about this festive period, yeah? Of course, yeah. It's not like I've been at work up until today. Even Christmas Day, I was in work. I know. Ah, oh, ah, oh, play your little violins. You, you had it tough. I had to spend time with my family, jeez. Oh, Okay, yeah, uh, my mum managed to, as a Doctor Who fan, uh, I, I was obviously really looking forward to the Christmas Day episode of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. So um, he had not only the regeneration at the end of it, into the first female Doctor, but he also had two Doctors in this one, straight from the get-go. So it was a very exciting, big story and everything. My mum managed to fall asleep after supper, wake up just in time to talk through the whole of Doctor oh, Who, no. and then fall back to sleep right after. So actually planned it. I mean, we we kept saying, Mum, could you just, just give, sorry, just while this is on, then we can talk and it's fine and everything. And it's like, okay, uh, she goes, fine. And then my brother would come in saying something and she goes, oh, yes. yes. Oh, Jesus, Mum, just, just, could you give us, and she would do it without fail at the most dramatic moments. <laughs> There's a bit where the music's swelling, something really dramatic happening. I'm kind of welling a tear up and then she'd talk right over. It's like, mm! I, I'm not the most patient man when Doctor Who's on and someone talks through it. Oh dear. Uh, I'm guessing uh, you told her off so much she won't do it again. Yeah, yeah I'm mm. sure that's the way that works. And no, seriously, as soon as the programme finished the O, she went back to sleep back again. To sleep. It's like, for <laughs> sake, that's the hour you have to be awake for, though. Oh, bless. So that's one. <laughs> I haven't even seen this um, Christmas episode of Doctor Who yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know. Lazing about, wiping people's bottoms and stuff at work. I came home last night and I was like, yes, I actually get to come home and celebrate Christmas. And I actually got to spend some time with my husband because my husband's been working like extra nights in December, barely seen him. And I was like, oh, we've got an evening together. I fell asleep, didn't I, on the sofa? Yep. I had a drink. I was really excited. I had my new Christmas mead that I could come home and drink. I had my husband there, we were going to sit down and watch something with my mead in my hand, 
I was falling asleep on the sofa. I was woken up by my husband taking the drink out of my hand before I spilt it everywhere. I was like, oh, I need to go to bed. Are you sure he knew you were asleep? Because, yeah, when you're awake, that's quite a danger. That, yeah, there is always that day. I'm sure he's always kind of hovering by, like, ready to grab the glass at any moment. And, uh, by the way, just a very quick shout-out, because I'm sure I've mentioned it uh, at the uh, the Men With Brooms Part 2 episode. Mm-hmm. Because your top ten Canadians was recorded a long time ago. Yes. So that's been on the bank. But for, uh, for any of our listeners who also likes to see, please do check out our audio play we recorded for our other podcast, Gallifrey Stands. Full cast, it's uh, raising money for Stonewall. So if you do listen to it, or even if you don't, you just want to do some really nice at this, I was going to say at this festive time, by the time you're listening to this, probably mid-January. Bulks do it though. <laughs> Just please do something really nice for a good cause. Stonewall raises money for the LGBT community at large about the world and helps with education, helps with uh, stuff in schools, with people who are struggling with issues around uh, the sexuality. So please uh, give what you can at uh, justgiving.com forward slash the unsaved planet. Can't give you an up-to-date title because we don't know what's going to be at by now. But uh, at the time of recording, I think it was about 90 quid. So whatever it was at, probably when I recorded the uh, the um, with Brooms episode. Mm. But anyway, thank you very much. And yeah, noted Canadians Jeremy Raddock, who was in the X Files for one episode. He was in the Odyssey, which is a uh, Canadian sci-fi. As I'm sure you all know. And he was in the '96 Doctor Who TV movie. As was Yiji Cho, who's also a guest appearance guest appearance person, a guest star <laughs> in the play. Uh, so um, please give some. Give some money, please. Go on, go on. Do you know you want to. Go on, go on. It's like good for the new year. Yeah. Give some money. And let's do it as well, just because, yeah, that's good for our egos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, Michelle, yeah. all that MacGuffins out of the way. Yeah. So, let's, oh, that's, I believe you have a young child at the door. I have a child? Oh, God, it's, it's oh, Christmas carolers. You're a day late. What do you want? When should we go to bed? Now, now. recording to yourself, oh, podcast. Now. Oh, jeez. You didn't tell us. I did, you just didn't listen. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a professional show, <laughs> and that's staying in, because I can't be asked to edit. It's, do you remember, um, only a little while ago, there was a man that was recording something for the news. And yes. The, and his kids were, like, interrupting, and, oh, see? This is for the BBC News. Yes. And you know this guy, I mean, I'm sure, no matter where in the world you are, that you've probably seen this clip. This guy delivering this uh, field piece about, uh, I think, China or something like that. And then in the middle of him doing it, you see this story. He's got this map in the background. It looks quite professional. Yeah. These books behind him, so he's in some kind of study. You see this door open, and his kids come in and start looking into the camera. And this poor mum... Uh, Mum or housekeeper, I'm not sure. From yeah, the I can't remember now. Yet, but she leans yeah. in and pulls the kids back. <laughs> they see it just creeping in, her arm reaching up and closing the door behind her. It's <laughs> hilarious. But uh, yeah, and that was the BBC. So I think we're we're about as professional as them. Yeah, let's yeah. keep telling ourselves yeah. that. <laughs> so anyway, you know what it's time for now? What's it time for? So, Michelle, I take you've got the roll call of Mini Mountie Club to hand, because otherwise, you know, that'd be very unprofessional, and I'd have to vamp for a minute just spouting off the first things which come to my mind it's while you get here. the list. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah, it is now that yeah. I've finished doing that vamp. <laughs> I was taking it slow because you were talking. 
Yes, yeah. that's the way round that goes. Right. So, and I'm honestly not just looking at this to see who I have and haven't added, because that would just be rubbish, wouldn't it? Yes, that would be rubbish. So, you know what? We're going to throw some love this episode. Michelle, have you got the pencil or pen ready to, to write, to add the additions to this week's roll call? Yeah, not reaching over to get that sort. Yep, yep, here it is. So, what number are we on at the moment? 25. Right, well, 25. This is from the Tell Em Steve Dave, which is a podcast. Ooh. This is from their fandom. The fandom for that particular podcast are called The Ants. So, basically, Tell Em Steve Dave are guys who are friends of Kevin Smith's who do their own hilarious show. Number 25. Yes. I give you Nicola Gosling. Ooh, Nicola, you're going on the list, Nicola. Why are you writing that far, is it? Because I had to write Tell Em Steve Dave's Ants. Okay. Okay, you, you're now creating extra work for yourself without me doing it. Yep. <laughs> Usually I do that just to wind you up and you're adding extra stuff. Um, they actually, the, the, the female fans of Tell Em Steve Dave call themselves uh, the 13%ers. Because they, they did this yeah. thing, there's this thing the podcast can do where you can get some to do analytics to see the breakdown of your audience. You get people to fill in the survey and they found out it was 13% of their listenership were, were ladies. Oh, okay. That's quite small. Little fact for you there. Well, gets the job done. Uh, zoop. <laughs> anyway, uh, also to laugh at it, sorry. number twenty-six. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't do that. Uh, we're gonna have Gemma Williams. Brackets thirteen percenter. Okay, is she in thirteen percenter. I think I'm the only person that can read my own writing, so I apologise for this. Well, okay. good, because when we get up to 100, you've got to read these all back. <laughs> We're going to have a roll call episode just for no one to listen to. <laughs> so, And finally, adding to our triad of 13 percenters this week is Lucy Caton. I'm not used to pronouncing her surname. C-A-T-O-N. That's how I spelled it. Lucy, L-U-C-Y. That's how I spelled it. Yeah. Also, 13 percenter and... Come write it. Oh, sorry. Ants. <laughs> I just did the, uh, and the kind of as above thing. You did the uh, ditto marks. Yeah. Not the as above marks. Well, that's what it means. It's yeah, kind of it's, as I've written. Yeah, but it's never, it's never called as above marks. No, that's what I call it. Doesn't have to be its official name. You knew what I meant. Well, uh, just, just Michelle. Just I don't know. Next. I, I, mm. That's it. I've already got. Oh, okay. To, Jesus Christ! You bring nothing to the table when it comes to this feature, which I, is a classic feature. It's not going anywhere. I don't care what anyone says. I might have someone to add next next time we do. No, you will next that, week. Uh, right. You you have to love at least three people. And I'll just have to check with them next. Yes, check with those I'll people. Because I'm pretty sure. If uh, they so, say no, I might still add them anyway. To be honest. Well, that would be scandalous. <laughs> I mean, I did ask these people drunkenly when we were. Uh, at what they call Nant Moot. It's a meeting of the, the Ant fans. Okie dokie. So anyway, uh, that business out of the way. Michelle, what was the episode we watched today? Chinatown. So, uh, yeah, I thought a meddling kind of episode, if I'm honest. Yeah, I kind of felt the same. There were a few um, really good bits to this episode, I thought. But there were also little bits that I was just kind of like, mm, I think they're pushing it a little bit sometimes with... 
I want to say his powers, but he doesn't have powers. He's a human being. He's a well, man. We'll get into yeah. that in the notes because there's there's some which I know about that. But uh, I I just think it's it had the classic two south beats. There's mm. no denying that. It brought a lane in a bit more, which we'll, yes. we will get into yeah. in a minute as well. But it just there was nothing which set me on fire about this episode. Mm. The plot was a little. I'm, I'm sure I've seen this plot before in other shows. It yeah. didn't seem original enough. Which sounds usually pretty darn good at. Yeah. Keeping original, keeping something fresh in there. Um, I was kind of watching out to see how the Chinese would be represented in this. Because it, it's it, it's something difficult and important to get right when you're using another culture in a show. Mm. And you can have fun with that as long as it's respectful. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, I don't think they did anything kind of offensive to the Chinese or anything. But it was a little bit like, you know, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, to Chinese triad kind of type gang. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, in Chinatown, it was very... It's a bit you've seen before. Not not yeah. kind of bad. Well, yeah, not too bad, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's kind of, yeah, we've kind of seen all this before. Okay, well, we should, shall we just go straight into our first clip now? Yeah. Uh, to set up the clip first, Michelle... Set it up before you press play. It is set up. No, we set it up for the listener. So explain what's going to happen. When I say set up, not put it in place for the time code for the clip. As in, letting the listener know what they're going to be listening to. If you'd said that, I'd know what you meant by that. Because set it up normally means get it ready. No, no, the set up, set up the clip. We're having a domestic. We're having another domestic. I just, 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 (laughs) I mean, have you never had any kind of showbiz plants before? No. Plants? No. And I say it again, parlance. You say it as many times as you like. I still heard it. <laughs> Do you know what parlance means? No. In the, termino- the terminology term- of something, okay. like in their parlance. Lovely. It's lovely words. <laughs> sure, the French Canadian are uh, loving that word right now. I think it's French. But anyway, to, to set up the clip, to, to introduce to, to what's happening... And it wasn't too hard to say it that way, was it? Benny, <laughs> Benny, this is fucking hard. <laughs> Benny and Ray have been, uh, have gone to Chinatown to have something to eat, and they're sitting down in this restaurant. And this is kind of how we get into the action in this episode. Yeah. And a nice setup, a nice something which is something simple to New York or to New York or Chicago, Chicago. where they actually are. Yeah. Something which is is very. Yeah, there is a trend. It all yeah. kind of works. It's a nice little intro that kind of just gets you straight into the story. Yeah. Boy, take a break, Dad. All right, look, just give us a couple orders of mandarin duck, will you? Sorry, no duck. How about a chili dog? Uh, right, man. Yeah, go ahead, man, but it's in Chinese. Yeah, so I see. And try not to order anything with internal organs, will you? Diet. Daisei. Yongo Choi, Bafan, the guy up did see Jip Tim. How did you do that? I just went with the specials. The thing I love about that. Is that you've got? Uh, I mean, I, I I sort of love hate it. Right. You've got to have the bit where Ray kind of does something foolish and just goes, "I'll have this." No, I'll have this. We haven't got that. 
and you've got to have and Benny always kind of has got to know the language you know there's, a, there's that, that moment of uh, showing that Benny's so smart and clever and everything which is great but they didn't set up there's any reason for him to like I like the fact oh I just ordered the specials but I would have loved to have had some bizarre reason why he speaks Chinese yeah I and mean, he did kind of explain it didn't he he said his um, family went over to China to set something I can't remember what they set up did now. yeah well, they know that. Did not in that clip. Not no, not in that specific clip. Oh, okay. But, yeah, but he he did go on to explain like just after that clip. I think when they went back to them after they you see the Chinese family speaking, he did explain. His, yeah, his family went to China oh, to set I something that. up, no, and they taught him a, quite a lot. Pause, pause, pause. Have we got that covered in the notes? Yes. Oh, okay. Then continue with what you're doing. Sorry, now, just something which will make no sense to listen. Sorry, Michelle's FFing while we're through yeah, the adventure. Set up the next Because we can't work out how to get time codes up <laughs> on her DVD player. Not that we're unprofessional in any way, shape or form. But I, I, I think, ag- again, that, that's, <laughs> that speaks to my whole point, though. That scene of, like, uh, him speaking Chinese suddenly, yeah. it, it's something you could have had in another show. Mm. What I love about Due South is there's usually stuff you wouldn't see anywhere else. There's something very unique to their kind of comedy. Yeah. There's a few bits like that which is like, I, I could have seen that. Yeah, I, I could imagine that going into another programme. Like, mm. And it's it, secondly, he picks up the menu, you know he's going to speak Chinese. Yeah. You can still see it coming a mile off. Um, there is a lovely early Diefenbaker moment as well. Oh, the there is, yes. There uh, is. I, I just, there's a. I mean, let's face it. Let's call it now. Stephen Baker moment of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, we don't have to we're wait. We're both going to completely yeah, yeah. agree on there's, this one. Absolutely. There's a bit where they're running through uh, town, which is a nice kind of like, I think they do a lot. Yeah. And just um, uh, Stephen Baker sees a homeless man in the street and there's a car coming, jumps on him to push him out of the way. <laughs> just before Ray, I think, pushes someone else out of the way. Yeah, just yeah. It's, uh, it's classic Stephen Baker. Oh. It, it, it just seems so human the way he does it as well. And it's like the way he does it. It's the physical way he does it as well. And he kind yeah. of like jumps up on the, on the chest. We've mentioned this before, and I think this is one of the nice surprises we've found in this show, is we already knew we enjoyed the Diefenbaker yeah. moments, but how physical that wolf is. Yes. And that, that's, that's beyond kind of the training that you usually get. It looks, I mean... And God knows they probably use some shit CGI now. <laughs> you kind of wonder, it's like, how do you train a dog to look like they're doing something so specific, like... And purposefully. Yeah. There was a look on its face. It was amazing. The only thing that gives Dottie Baker that kind of look <laughs> is either snoring or when she's going towards food. She looks very purposeful. <laughs> yeah. But she's looking very purposeful right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it isn't because of food. <laughs> That's the other noise you'll hear in the background. So you've got a dog snoring, a waterfall in the background, and thanks to your fish. <laughs> All these little noises going I on. love how professional <laughs> we are. What's the next note? It was about um, Benton Fraser when, you know, so what's happened is we've got this kidnapping. Fraser. Fraser. Said, wasn't it? It's a Fraser. Yeah, which is the uh, <laughs> well, yeah, radio psychiatrist which spun off for cheers. <laughs> Fraser. So he knows there's a kidnapping that's happened because he heard it. Kidnapping. <laughs> Are you going to pick me 
up on everything right now. <laughs> I just said kid laughing, so I'm making that up. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to pick me up with anything now? Of course I was kid laughing, really. It's like, no, that was Jack Michelle. <laughs> so, go. A kidnapping has happened. And Benton knows <laughs> that this kidnapping has happened because he heard it. He knows exactly what's happened yeah. just by the sound of it. Yeah, this is, yeah. I mean, it's when he stops and he's kind of listening to the wind yeah. and it's like, this is happening. I think it's going to be happening blocks away. Yeah. And it's what you were saying before. It crosses into superhero kind of territory. And uh, admittedly, that bit sets it up for later. But I would like him to have just been an alley away. And maybe he sees the car going past. So we, we know it's close, yeah. but he can't see it. And then he's listening and it's kind of just within the human realm. I love the fact that any of his abilities seem to be set up by some some training in the Yukon. Something, you know, the, the mounties are meant to be legendary trackers. Mm. That all fits. Uh, he's, he also seems to have picked up quite a lot of tricks from the Inuit. And that also kind of seems to help with him speaking other languages and stuff. Because mm. they speak different languages. There's a lot of kind of very good setup for why he does everything he does. This one just seems to be like, ah, uh, yeah, and he's become Superman now. Yeah, th- there was no explanation, and it's just accepted. With his Kryptonian hearing. <laughs> That's, <it's>, yeah. I, <laughs> so I think we were both kind of like, oh, yeah, it's not believable enough. Because it's a shame, because it then sets up loads of other stuff. But yeah. they needed to do their kind of their detective work, ironically, mm. of like, how can we justify this within something he's picked up? Because that's what I love about the show. It is really clever, really well thought out. And this episode just... It seems average. It's just like in any other programme, this might be my favourite episode. But for a Due South episode, they haven't done their work enough. They haven't like, oh yeah, it actually probably wouldn't be my favourite episode of, of, of another show. But for another show, I might be more forgiving. Because I expect more of my Due South. <laughs> we have high expectations now. Well, of course. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's a bit of a shame, really, and it did kind of let them let the episode down. But well, um, yeah, and then I think we've got another clip that we set up, and then to set the scene. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> set up the clip. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a clip of you know this man who's just had his son kidnapped, and you kind of get a little bit more background on what's happened with this phone call, this conversation yes, he has. Yes. Yeah, I've got some notes on this. Yeah, I'm thinking of. I've written the name of the man down because I think I. I know keep... the son's Johnny. Yeah, it's really. Or the son of the bad guy, or the. So, yeah, so Mr. Lee, he's the man whose son has been kidnapped. Son's um, Johnny. Yeah, son's Johnny. I'm gonna say Yang. Well, I don't know if I'm getting it wrong. That's really annoying. Maybe we'll hear it in a minute if you play the clip. Okay, so we'll play the clip. My son. My people tell me he has been kidnapped. I was shocked, certainly, but not surprised. For some time now, there has been talk of drugs, of gambling debts unpaid. It was a life. Of course, but let us keep to the issue at hand. As you know, I have the resources to find your son. I offer to do this and return him to you. In return, I would ask a similar favor. You will stop the lies you are spreading about me in the community, and you will demonstrate your respect for us by accepting the reasonable and generous business offer we have made to you in the past. Do this, and I will find your son. 
That, I mean, straight away, my first thoughts when watching this was that that guy, the villain's too arch. Yeah. It's too over the top, it just yeah. doesn't... I, I, I like the kind of villains who are kind of more like, they're seeing back their legs and going, isn't it a shame your son's gone missing? Whereas this guy's, isn't it a shame your son has gone missing? If you haven't guessed, I am the evil person of yes. this scene. <laughs> he just needs to be stroking a cat, doesn't yeah, he? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. He, yeah, he's the Chinese Blofeld. It's Blofeld? Yeah, Blofeld. Yeah. Yeah, I did so. I think the dad's really good. Yes, he is. He plays I, it very well, I think. I did feel that, uh, whereas usually I praised yourself for casting everyone really well, I thought the family was a bit lame. I didn't think they were strong enough. Mm, well. His family, they did like uncles and aunts, I oh, think okay, it is, or okay. their. Friends, mm, I'm not sure. Mm. No, I wasn't buying them. Okay, yeah, but Mr. Lee's very good. Yeah, I thought he was he great. He really seemed like a concerned, beaten down guy. Maybe even a little bit weak of character. Maybe he isn't someone who's used to standing up to someone. He kind of, even though he's not been in the pocket of the uh, baddie. Yeah. It works for me that he kind of like is maybe, again, maybe not ever stood up to him though. Mm. Yeah, it, it does seem quite unlikely. Uh, I, th- I was kind of struggling to get a handle on what the issue was, the overall issue with this, you know, the bad guy and this family. Oh, I got that. The idea is that basically that family, like, I'm sort of going to contradict what I've just said, but they have stuck up to it. Like, so when I say haven't stuck up to him, I mean like have really kind of like gone up to him going, you're going to stop what you're doing, but... I think they and certain members of the community still talk about like the fact they cheat at gambling and the fact that they're a crime family. And maybe if the police ask them the wrong questions, as the baddies would see it, that they might cooperate. Mm. So they are trying to stop them from doing that, I think. That's that's the impression I got. Sorry, Dottie, Dottie <laughs> was so moved by this. She's uh, snoring with, uh, oh, <laughs> with her high opinion. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I got from it. Yeah, because from the phone call, he says, just hey, stop spreading lies about me. So I guess oh, get, about the gambling, gambling. And, and everything. But yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It just seemed that there, there didn't seem to be a good enough reason for him to kidnap someone and, you know, possibly murder people. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the... Um, I would... There is... Uh, maybe there was an argument that they don't spell it out enough what they're yeah. doing you just kind of have to assume yeah and there's like and they do mention they're known to the police mm. so that's actually mentioned but what I'm thinking of is somewhere like that restaurant you know that's where a lot of uh, local businesses families would go to eat mm. and maybe if someone who like owned that restaurant would be seen as a bit of a community leader so maybe if you change his opinion you the rest will follow. Mm. If he stops saying stuff about him. So I could see that. But you're right, they don't know how to say it. No, and I think the fact that the... Especially, you know, you'd... Maybe kind of assume that, yeah, as a man who would be the head of the family, and he does seem quite a weak person, I couldn't imagine him, like, spreading lies. I, I couldn't imagine him standing up. But he's not spreading lies. It, the, oh, what do you mean if he gets nobbled? No, like the the guy that's kidnapped his son, he's like, you know, stop spreading lies about me. Yeah, but he knows it's the truth. He's saying stop spreading these lies, but he knows it's the truth. 
It's like, yeah, and then this is the thing, it's like you can't imagine him kind of speaking up and spreading things. So I think I kind of struggled with that a little oh, bit. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, again, maybe it's like, uh, I could, I, again, I could buy he's brave enough probably to, when he's in conversation with other people, to mm. say true stuff. And maybe to not get brought into, like, because they did say that he wants to accept his generous business offers. Mm. So he's trying to pull them into the business. And obviously they've stepped back and they've been brave enough not to do that. I could buy that, that he's kind of like not allowed himself to get pulled into the web of it. Because then he's actively involved in the crime himself. Mm. But yeah, maybe he's just never been able to, like, nothing further, nothing like kind of actively trying to stop them. He's just trying to keep his family and himself out of it. Yeah. I don't know, that's what level I think they're at. Anything else in the notes? Well, <laughs> a little thing just to pick up on. You mentioned when the, the credits were kind of going at the beginning, um, the name... Lu Yu. Lu Yu. You really liked that name. Lu Yu. That's a very pleasing name. I, I am uh, very respectful of the Chinese community, but they do sometimes have cracking names. Yeah. Uh, there's the actor, which I mentioned earlier, who, who gave a cameo for my play. Yiji Cho. That's a Cho spelled T S O, but it's pronounced Cho apparently. Okay. But Yiji, it's a, I mean, it's just fun to say. <laughs> yeah. See me. It's. It, I, I don't think that's racist. I just think that's admitting that some names are to our Western ears fun mm. to say. Yeah. Probably like Brian in in Chinese, but to us, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, and another little um thing. I think we both picked up on. We thought was a bit strange. Just have another little moment about the episode. Is they all the like the Chinese people, the family that they started just speaking English to each other? And yes, that seemed a little bit odd, especially earlier on when you see them in the restaurant when they're talking to each other, they're speaking Chinese. And later there's, on, yeah, they're seen after the phone call. Yeah, which the phone call could have been Chinese, as yeah. Well. And then they go off the phone, it's just them, no one else, still speaking English. Then they, the uh, uh, Benny and Ray do come in, but that's halfway through the conversation. It's almost like, well, they're coming in halfway through the conversation. Just have them speaking English, it'll be fine. Yeah, it didn't seem so they can beautiful. pick up on something. Yeah, didn't seem to be any reason for that. Mm. Anyway, should we stop moaning? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we've got, we've got Ray and we've got Benny and they know there's some kidnapping has happened. And the other police officers, and I did write down the names, I always forget their names, um, Jack Hugh and Lewis. Dewey. Yeah, Hugh and Dewey, <laughs> what do you call them? Jack and Lewis. They Was went it Louis and Louis? Louis and Dewey? Louis and Dewey, I don't know, I wrote down Jack and Lewis. So Lewis would be Louis, surely? Yeah, Louis. Hugh and Louis? Mm. Louis and Dewey? Jack and Lewis. Because they bring in another one later, which yeah. they give the other name to. I forget which is what. I don't know. Anyway, those two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're coming. So this is another case that they've got absolutely no interest in until <laughs> that suddenly the FBI is brought in and then they're peed off. Have, is this before or after the tape this recorders? This is just after. The tape recorders? Yeah. Because I love that thing of, like, basically, yeah. Well, I, I, it's not when the FBI come in to begin with because they're trying to take the case from Ray. Basically, they always seem to let Ray and uh, Benny find the case, which they laugh at. Then they try and swipe it, and then the FBI in this case come in. I do like that, and the fact that uh, uh, Ray's got this kind of small tape recorder on the thing, then Huey and Louie, 
uh, get out this bigger tape thing and then the FBI get their massive tape recording <laughs> dick out and knock theirs off the table and smash it. <laughs> it is... It is a, a brilliant tape, yeah. uh, dick measuring concept. I want to say uh, tape measure because it's tapes and stick measuring. Yeah, it's definitely mine's bigger than yours. Oh, Bam. completely. Yeah, it, that, that was nicely done. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, d- I don't. I think that was meant to represent what I'm suggesting mm, there. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's all, it's, there's always someone with a bigger player. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then that leads into to a scene now, which we, I believe, are going to play in uh, Lieutenant Walsh's office. And another classic moment of Walsh. Just being Walsh. I mean, like, the, these scenes, I, I, I hadn't ever realised till watching it back, like, almost weekly we're doing mm. it now, how this is kind of like, uh, this is such a staple of the episode, is there's the Walsh scene every time mm. where they've got to try and justify what they're doing or they've got to try and win back the case or explain why they've done something on the case or they're still investigating something they were told not to. Yeah. Lovely scenes. They're all fighting over who's going to get this case. They all want it. And is she, they do a nice... Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. Go on, play. Everyone has to know the rest All right. One at a time. Kidnapping is a federal offense. There's no discussion. Lieutenant, they can't just walk in and kick us off our case. It's not your case. It's my case. Yeah, right, right. Uh, sir, perhaps I can be of assistance. Who's he? He's a Maui. What's he doing here? Never entirely sure. <laughs> I understand your dilemma. In Canada, we have more than a passing familiarity with confusion. We're comprised of ten provinces and two territories communicating across six time zones in two official languages. The English don't understand the French, the French don't understand the English, and the Inuit, quite frankly, couldn't give a damn about either of them. Added to the equation is the Assembly of First Nations, with a total of 633 separate Indian bands speaking 180 sub-dialects among their 50 linguistic groups. And as if that weren't enough, there are some fishermen on the East Coast with a remarkably whimsical accent. There is a point to this, I assume. Oh, yes, sir, I believe so. The key that we have found is in compromise. I would suggest that we devise a plan that would use everyone to the best of their abilities. This man knows nothing about police who are getting out of here. I thank you for your time. Do you think Walsh has got a bit of a soft spot for Benny? Oh, yeah. Who hasn't, though? <laughs> yeah, but he just gives a little nod when he's leaving. He's like, thank you for your time. He's like, well, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> and the best bit about that is I'm kind of, I'm, well, I'm in two minds about it. I kind of want them to have listened to Benny's suggestion on that and tried something with incorporating. Hmm. But at the same time, there is a genius to the fact that uh, they don't, and that that it just goes to show that if they listen to Benny, they could have solved a problem, which becomes a bit of an ending yeah. for the story. Is that they don't listen to him? So it's probably yeah, all in all, a good thing they don't. But uh, it's it's also a thing of I <laughs> it sort of doesn't make sense unless it's a professional courtesy thing, which seems against the way they're acting. That the FBI. bothering to give Walsh a choice about it Mm. they're marching going right get them the fuck under control we're taking over this case otherwise you'll be out of a job like that's the kind of way which you would have thought the way they've been behaving they would treat it yeah and and I think Walsh he knew he had to just let the FBI take this case yeah I don't think they needed to go in there kind of 
I wonder what one's going to say, like, throwing their dicks around. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the swinging motion know, you're doing. Swinging motion. Because <laughs> that's what I imagine. It's... Well, that's how mine goes, but that's not the story. <laughs> but also, uh, I love afterwards the fact that uh, there's a scene where then he, based on his superpowers from Krypton earlier, he goes into the cupboard with uh, Ray to try yes. and think through it. It's a lovely little scene. It is a lovely scene. It kind of brings um, Elaine in a bit. Because, yeah. again, this is the first episode where she really gets mm. a decent part. And even then, it's a bit like she's thorn- just dawning over Benny as opposed to doing... I like it when she gets a bit of work to do. And she does as this episode goes on, but the engine for her coming in is kind of thorning after him. Mm. Uh, and there is one bit where she's she's opened the cupboard which they've gone into while Benny's trying to think through the sounds which he's heard and work out what they all are. And uh, when Elaine catches them in there and Ray is kind of like, he's trying to justify why they're not basically um, doing something nefarious in there with each other. Uh, <laughs> that he gives this kind of wink almost. Yeah. I don't think that's what he was going for. but yeah. <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't look the way he wanted it to I don't think I don't think so I don't think you want to wink if you're trying to prove that you're not doing something with another guy in the cupboard but to be honest she probably went yeah I would have as well right yeah 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 exactly I mean all good and well if they were I think it was only made it just slightly weirder by the fact they had a wolf in there with them as well oh and oh god that's the other thing about this episode it is killer how they've got such a lovely Diefenbaker B storyline of him being mad at uh, <laughs> yes. Benny. It's like, you allow a wolf to save your life one time and you won't never hear the end of it. <laughs> you pay and, and they pay. They've got him pay. sulking, a sulking wolf. Yeah. That is a genius thing about this episode. Yeah, there are moments when Diefenbaker's just walking down the corridor in the, in the police station and Benny's talking to him and he just blanks him, completely blanks him. It's, it's, it's funny. This thing, it's not a bad episode. It just... Yeah. Kind of, see the nuggets of where it could have been more yeah. and the nuggets of the, the genius within there mm. but it's just mm, it just doesn't send me a light the way uh, Due South usually does I know it is a real shame and you've got the I, I don't know if it's next in the notes but the soap bit have you got that yet? oh yes I have soap session oh, I've skipped over some notes no 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 <laughs> the only notes I've kind of got in between is just like silly little bits that I was picking up about clothes and things as I always do watching these episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, well, good, good well, time well, for well, your fashion police fashion, moment. Yeah. Let's take a little break to talk about fashion. <laughs> yeah. And there wasn't much of it, unfortunately. I th- especially at the beginning, Ray's very, wearing very dull clothes. Um, and it brightens up a little bit with a, a greenish, kind of mustardy green coat. Little number. Like jacket and things he's wearing. But it's nothing very special, is it? But one thing that I did really pick up on this episode, and I don't know if he's always had this car, or if he's changed the green it a bit, the green. Yeah. If I just never noticed just how crazy green it is. Yeah, no, that's... Because the car becomes a big part of it, because yeah. uh, no, there's a, an episode already where he's talked about it, and are we still on the first one? I think we're still on the first one. It's, well, spoilers, something might happen to it <laughs> later. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a I big iconic never part kind of it. I've never noticed yeah. just how green every single thing is in his car before. Have they had it, haven't we had it set like, or, or drowned? Didn't he have to get a second one because the other one got... Oh, did the other one, yeah, the other one... Go in the, the water, water. Yeah, 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 so we, we are on the second one. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are on the second one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I was picking up on that more than raised cloves in this. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I'm sort of like... Uh, I apologise for that chinky sound. I may be <laughs> drinking while we're uh, pouring. And by the way, <laughs> the episode called Chinatown, and I say chinky. I was I was definitely talking about glasses. So that was too funny a coincidence not to highlight what I've just done there by accident. But that was completely by accident. <laughs> Although I wouldn't have picked up on that if you hadn't mentioned it. No, but I felt like I had to, sorry, because it came into my head. I'm like... <laughs> That's ironically funny. Obviously, it's never funny to use any term like that about a Chinese person, and I'm not... We're not all Nigel Farage in England. No. <laughs> anyway, moving very swiftly anyway, on now. Anyway, I'm going to go back to a little bit of fashion. Yeah, yeah let's go on. down. Because one thing I did notice about Ray is he started wearing a Colombo coat. <laughs> <laughs> I did good point. Yeah, there is a good Colombo-esque. Because I'm always looking at his clothes, and then he's wearing this long raincoat that just looks like Columbo. Is he trying to merge into a different detective here? You see, the thing is, I've noticed over the, these episodes of the first series, now of course, I always want Ray to be wearing the most colourful of outfits. Yes. I love his one outfits. But I've noticed something they do. They do it tonally. If there's something where he's got to be big and large, he's wearing big, large colours. Mm. If there is an episode which calls something a bit more serious, which he does in most of this, there's even one bit where he gets mad at Walsh, which is mm. he usually doesn't do. It's got to be something really big to do that to him. And kind of, he's always, usually when he's in front of Walsh, he's kind of... Uh, goes like, like, yeah, I know this is bonkers. I know this is <laughs> insane what uh, Benny's making us do. But, yeah, just go with it. It seems like a good idea, really. He's kind of, he, he, it's sort of siding with Walsh almost, whilst trying to work for Benny's cause. Mm. Uh, this time he gets really mad with him, and but, but it's more more stark colours. I wonder if they've done, it seems like a purposeful choice, that if he was wearing wackier colours, maybe it may, might take away from the intensity of some moments. I think yeah. this is a thing they're doing on purpose, it's quite clever really. And I suppose if you think back to his earlier character as well, you know, especially before he met Benny and... As he's getting to know him and worked with him. Oh, that's subtle. That's subtle. <laughs> oh, Michelle. I'm sorry. She had some sprouts over Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. Dutty just oh. said, like, sprouts? Where? Sprouts where? Food? I like those. Do I get food? I can't point drinks while we're talking. <laughs> Go on, Michelle. You talk. Yeah, just thinking back to his earlier character where he was a bit dodgy with his, you know, with his morals and his police work. And he was a lot louder in his fashion sense. Yeah. And he's been with Benny for a little while now. Yeah, and I think he his morals are a little bit better now. I think he's a, a bit more serious about his police work now. I think he's getting tougher cases now he's working with Benny. Things he would probably just let these other police officers take on board. You know, Benny's kind of pushing him to to do this police work now. So maybe it is just a reflection of the person he's becoming. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I love that idea. I hope this is what we see it continue to become. Again, the whole idea of having having that being a plot device to, to, to drive, like, what, what people are wearing to drive the action, mm. in a way. That, I, I love that kind of thing. Like, the more I dissect TV a bit more doing this and doing uh, the Dolce podcast, and also doing a bit of writing myself now, mm. it, it is interesting how you pick up on these things and... 
this may be something which I'll incorporate more into my writing. <laughs> Analyzing TV is actually pretty good if you're going to be a writer, yeah. I found. No, it's good. You know, that he's still got these bits of his personality, that his shirts, they're toned down, but they're still a bit fun and funky. His car is wacky. That's definitely his personality in his car. But in his professional look, he's definitely toned it down. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, maybe he is just thinking of himself a bit more seriously as a detective. I mean, but the wacky outfits do come back, don't mind. I, <laughs> I remember there's more. Oh, God, you couldn't <laughs> give him up for good. Still the 90s. <laughs> but again, that, that's a great vehicle for when yeah. he's got to, not vehicles in the car. Vehicle in general, Michelle. Jeez, okay, you're right. your misunderstanding words. Um, I'm mishearing them. Yeah, it's a great uh, engine for generating kind of like, yeah, so when he's got to be big and gregarious as a person mm. and he's got a flamboyant shirt on, it kind of helps sell that to who he is. Yeah. It's nice. Okay, and then we'll get back to the storyline. <laughs> and I'll just dissect Were we going to go into the soap thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the soap. It, again, this feels more like classic stuff mm. that, uh, like, Benny, the the way they're just. They're dis- Scrolling the Mounties in a way which kind of is obviously there's a parallel in there. It's kind of like the, the ultimate big boy scouts. Mm. And that's definitely Benny. And so when he does something which involves tracking or discovering something, like when he puts the soap suds in the water to get, what's he get out of it? It's like flickers in it or something. Yeah, it was all to do with the mud, wasn't it? Yeah. He was, oh yeah, there was mud yeah, with there was soap mud, particles in yeah, it. Soap particles so in m- it. the mud's the thing with, so he dissolves the mud to get yeah. to the soap particles. That seems like not only good detective work, mm. but good boy scouting. Because it was, it was the mixture of the certain type of mud that was there and the soap sods. Because you know Ray was saying, "Oh no, you're just getting rid of the, the mud," and that was evidence in, in the puddle. He's yeah. like, "We don't need the mud; we need the soap sods." But then he was thinking, that type of mud you only get down by the river. What places around here? What you have laundrettes by the river? So it, yeah. was, it was the connecting the two and placing it, and that's where the the kidnapper is gone and that's yeah, great I that's feel been... like that's what we're missing in other parts of this episode yeah. sometimes you need more of that kind of again detective work that, that kind of boy scout work mm. that you get there more of the licking of items which you do get in a bit <laughs> it was back to licking things yeah and much to Elaine's chagrin it wasn't her so <laughs> it's something I'm <laughs> I love the fact you're just ready for the next topic Look, this is my writing, and I'm thinking, what about You me? should be able to read I, it. I know, and I'm getting closer and closer to my own writing. Are the eyes starting to go, love? It's my age, isn't it? It's my <laughs> age. <laughs> oh, goodness, have you seen the amount of old lady presents I got for Christmas? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone just thinks me as an old woman now. I mean, the Zimmer seemed insulting, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to get next year. Yeah. <laughs> there was the one thing I was going to mention, and it was only a silly thing, but... When they're in a warehouse and they're being shot at, there was like millions. It was, all I was thinking is like, this is like watching the A Team. There's like millions of bullets going flying and no one's getting hit anywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. And no fireworks are getting hit. I know. And it was just like, oh my god, how is that even possible? There's that many bullets being fired, not one person was hit. And I know I'm jumping ahead a bit, but like just because it pertains to the fireworks thing, there's a bit at the end where the FBI guys shoot the fireworks. And this, again, it goes into that kind of 18 thing of no, no one gets hurt. As opposed to them getting killed, it's just a pretty fireworks display yeah. and stuff. And like, uh, 
Benny and Ray as opposed to running going it's like shit are they okay they, they, I mean, that could kill them they're just going it's like oh, well we've got to leave them some paperwork to fill out it's like no those guys are probably <laughs> dead jeez that, I mean, was, that was a room full of fireworks that amount of gunpowder yeah I mean okay I get you don't jeez. like them but don't die <laughs> Yeah, they'll have to pick up the paperwork if these get if these guys die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They should be at least concerned about that. Huh? <laughs> if they're not concerned for the people. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I wrote lieutenant down, but I don't know if that was you asking me to write that down. Lieutenant. Oh, lieutenant, lieutenant. Yes, because the, they mention because uh, Benny in the second wall scene mentions. He calls him Lieutenant. Mm. Just reminds me of the conversation we had the other week. Yeah. Some reason that stuck in my head. I don't know why I was thinking about this so much, but I looked it up. Apparently they're spelled the same. Even though we pronounce the Lieutenant, which is clearly written Lieutenant, so that's on us. Mm. Uh, it's spelled the same way. So I will, I will retroactively take that back about the spelling that you should be able to see it spelt Lieutenant. But I still stick by that if you've been in the country for long enough like five minutes you'll have heard people calling him uh, lieutenant mm. and adjust accordingly you would think so yeah I, I, every show whenever there's like an English or Canadian character it's like well let's have them call him lieutenant that joke hasn't been done before yes. most notably this yes. and Sleepy Hollow mm. it just bugs me it just bugs me that yeah again first episode fine couple episodes in just have them switch it over <laughs> they've adjusted let's go with it exactly yeah Oh, we have another clip to play. We've got a clip. We have another clip. So they... So what happens, Michelle? Yeah, so they go back... I'm, I'm setting the scene. <laughs> anyway, there's been loads going on. They go back to the police station and and they've got Mr Lee there, the father of the boy that's kidnapped. And then they bring in... I'm going to call him Mr Wong because I haven't come across his name. The, the baddie. They bring in the baddie. Oh, he's a woman. Yeah, he is a wrong He is a wrong What wrong Wongen. 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 That was very funny. See, see what I did there was, was see, I was going for Wongen. I'm laughing on the as inside. As we, the English, would say, but his name's Wong, so Wongen. Yeah, my inside voice is laughing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they bring him in to question him. Let me explain the joke a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> as I was saying, and this is disastrous, and now everyone's thinking, well, well done, FBI, you've killed everybody. We'll play the clip and see. Can we play it with volume, possibly? This is a federal investigation. You were specifically instructed not to interfere. Lieutenant David Lee and his yeah. kidnappers were in that building. The tire tracks in the alley confirm this, and there's more evidence inside. Now, if we could just gain access to... No, it. this is a crime scene. I will not have unauthorized personnel entering that... Where is he? My son. You found him. No, I'm afraid not, Mr. Lee. But all the police. They're shooting. Look, uh, Mr. Lee... We're sorry to disappoint you, but things like this happen in the course of an investigation. So, we'll just take your wife and go home, please. I see. Nothing to be concerned about. My son is in the hand of the killers, and I should go home and wait for you to shoot up some other places. We're doing everything we can, sir. He's hysterical. Get him out of here. He's on his way in. Good. Take him up to interrogation. Who? Take up who? You come into Chinatown. You bring the police. FBI. What do you think will happen when Charlie Wong hears of this? What do you think he will do to my son? We will deal with Mr. Wong. No! Oh. What's wrong? Keep playing! Oh. 
As you pointed out, Detective, all of Chinatown already knows we're involved. It's time to take the bull by the horns. He's right. You're an idiot. Someone. No, he's right. You didn't blow up Chinatown, the feds did. But I led them there. I did this. Oh. Yeah, oh. A, a, another brilliant one whereby it's actually uh, the other detectives who have led them, who, they were tapping his phone. Yeah. So, first of all, they turned yeah. on their own precinct, which. I would like to have had a scene with Walsh chewing them out for that. Or maybe even having them being a bit guilt, feeling a bit guilty about that, want them and coming forward somehow. Like, because mm. I can't imagine that there isn't a thing of station loyalty that if you turn your back on your station that you don't get into some shit. Even if they are following the FBI's lead, you still don't go behind your own squad. Mm. Gotta believe that's the thing there. Yeah, it should be. But then Fraser still takes on himself, mm. which is again so him. It is. It's completely him. But that no, that would have been a lovely touch if they'd had a bit. Yeah, you know, where Walsh is kind of do that again, and you're and you're out. You're fucking out, yeah. Um. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on mute in the background, we have the wonderful scene where uh, Ray takes Benny to listen at a, a pipe in the toilet, which he twists out. <laughs> yeah, I think I just. Called it the listening pipe. As, <laughs> yeah, that's he just twi- he twists it out and obviously leads down to this um, interrogation room, and you and you can hear this whole conversation that's going on down there. But is that an aircon pipe, or is it for water? I'm hoping an aircon pipe. Yeah, because like yeah, if you, I mean, I suppose if you get a hot blast of air in your face, that wouldn't be nice. Yeah. But get some liquid coming out there. Oh. That's yeah, going to cause a mess. Yes, it was. It was in the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. What's we got going nice. on there? Well, we also have down here, um, well, you can hear this clipping noise. As they're listening through this pipe, you can hear this clipping noise, and he's, like, think, and he's saying to Ray, you know, what's that noise? So he goes down there to investigate after they leave the room, and there's nail clippings. He being Betty. Yeah, he. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, he. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah, there's only yeah, one character yeah, in this show, yeah. Yeah, only yeah. one. Yeah, so Benny, he's curious what the clipping was. He gets down there, he's looking around, finds some nail clippings on the floor. And my I just before you get into nail mm. clippings, I do quite like I kind kind of do buy that uh, this guy's enough of a prick that he'll have some nail clips on him just to arrogantly clip things just to piss someone off when yeah. he's talking to them. <laughs> I think yeah, he carries around yeah. just to do that, and and I believe that. It didn't seem unbelievable watching him do it. Did no, it? it seems like that uh, rich bitch moment of yeah. like, uh, no, I'm just going to do this right in front of you. I have such disdain for these proceedings that you, the FBI, are going to be sit through. I'm going to clip my nails just to show that I don't like it. I carry these nail clippings around. Clippings, clippers. It'd be yeah. weird if he carried the clippings around. Comes around just for such a moment. Mm. He probably does. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll go there. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. it. Yeah, which leads on to another one of these little... Dis- so you were going to say about the clippings? Yeah, these disgusting scenes yeah. that, that we have with Benny. So he, he picks them all up. And he's curious of what's underneath these nails. He's so rich, so clean, he's thinking, okay, whatever's under these nail clippings, it can only be from what's happened quite recently. 
Yeah, he's a rich it's, enough guy to have a regular manicure yes. and keep himself clean. <laughs> yeah, and you know, his $2,000 suits. So, I mean, how are you going to determine what's underneath these these nails? It's not like the police station have a laboratory or anything where you can yeah, have a little do time. testing. Yeah, that takes time. Yeah, I suppose it does, but so he thinks, I'll give him a lick. Of course. Benny likes to lick things. He likes to And he's lick. popular with the ladies. <laughs> not saying those things are connected. I'm just saying those are two true, true facts about this. But, uh, yeah, when he's licking it, yeah, I, 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 I love the fact that he's saying to Ray... Just give me a, you know, just look away. You won't even, it won't yeah, bother you. It won't bother you because he's like, oh, God, you're licking things again. Yeah. So just look away. <laughs> that, that's, oh, that's a lovely feature. But it, even though it's very extreme, I mean, it seems like some Ray Mears or someone like that would mm. do. So I, I, why is Benny? Yeah, that that's that's nice. That's, and that's a lovely running, to know, isn't that's it? a lovely running joke as well. Yeah. And he's like looking, mm, sulfur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, potassium something, sulfur. Yeah, gunpowder. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> He's like, yeah. this is the low concentration as well. That, that's the bit I love. The kicker is, not only can he taste what it is, he can taste what concentration it is next mm. to... That, that's It's quite nuts. a talent he has, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know why that seems like a, an extension of a plausible ability. Mm taken a bit large to just superpowers yeah there's actually a quote I wrote down from him is it's not like any gunpowder I've tasted before genius just that's a lovely line that seems yeah. consistent with this show yeah again we don't mind when they go large just when they go just too much it's yeah yeah I did like that <laughs> yeah oh we're just about to see that scene again <laughs> in the background here but something else you picked up on, and actually it was something that made an impression on me, and it, it was, you know, it, after they left the police station, Mr. Lee goes and has a chat with, with Wong, we know it's Wong now. Yeah. No, I think you were white. Shush! <laughs> Wait, I'm Wong. <laughs> he goes and has a chat, and they decide that they're going to kind of meet up, and they're going to sort this out themselves. And as Mr. Lee is preparing himself... He's got, you know, he's got to take something with him. He's, he's sat there preparing himself to go and kind of humiliate himself, but, you know, to get his son back alive, it's worth it. Yes, this is a nice, yeah. And the music that's playing throughout the scene, it was a bit special, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, it was it's the darkness of the moment. It's the, about the guy. We know he's going into danger, that even though he's meant to be just handing over and offering so you know just mm. basically swearing fealty to this guy he's got to walk through he makes sure he walks yes. doesn't drive so everyone can everyone see him can going see through him. again that thing of the community falling behind certain people yeah. and as he's walking down the street there's this powerful kind of like uh, people are looking away what do you call they? that tune I, it was kind of like church music it was kind of choir-esque but not quite it's yeah. like it reminds me of something Funnily enough, some of the music they've used in Doctor Who, mm. where it's like, uh, it's very um, vocals. And I think it might have been in operatic kind of style. Yeah, it was very powerful. Yeah, it's great. It fit perfectly. It kind of gave you a bit of a chill at that moment. That moment was played really mm. nicely. And again, the actor was brilliant throughout those scenes. And the music on top of it, it was, I think, probably one of the best scenes they they shot for this programme. Yeah. For this episode. It was... 
Yeah, it was very powerful, I thought. And I think, you know, something that we always kind of pick up on is just how important the music is to this programme. Definitely. And how I, right I, they get it. I should have actually looked up what the name is, but I didn't, so here we are. Um, but yeah. And from that to go to something quite funny. Um, so then they, they go back to the scene where it's got, you know, um, Mr. Johnny, Mr. Lee's son? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. So, you know, he's still gaffer taped and tied up in, in this warehouse. He, and one of the guys that's looking after him gets the phone call to say, you know, we're going to kill him off. And he turns to Johnny and says, if you want to start smoking, <laughs> this is the best time or something. Yes. <laughs> a line which makes no sense. Yeah, if you want to start smoking now, it'll be a good time. Hey. What, start smoking in a uh, firework factory? <laughs> yeah. B, got me tied down, so how would I get hold of any, even if I was... Not like he was offering him one at the time. I know, it's like, my mouth is gaffer taped, I'm tied down. I don't yeah. smoke, so what's going to happen? I'll just cough everywhere. <laughs> Why? It seems like someone had an idea that would be a really funny kind of line for an episode, and they go, we'll just put it in there. It just... It was weird, it wasn't appropriate, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Does not fit at all. It was a weird one. And by the way, I know, Michelle, uh, you thought I might have forgotten to give the plot synopsis for this episode up front, but I was just thought it would be more appropriate <laughs> towards, towards the, end. the end of the conversation the for no good reason. So, again, it's written by the same person, Ben. Mm. This writer keeps on calling him Ben. No one calls him Ben on the show. <laughs> Benny has to work against the clock several law, law enforcement agencies and his own wolf's feelings to help a Chinese restaurant owner whose son has been kidnapped by the local Asian mob. That's a pretty good synopsis, apart from Ben. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go, go back to your thing. Okay, so after this, so there's... Benny and Ray, they're on the case. You know, the FBI, they're... What, about ten steps behind, aren't they? Useless, they are useless. By the way, Michelle, I've just remembered it completely off the top of my head. It's just a coincidence I've read something off IMDb years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was uh, Prospero's Speech, as I recall that song. Oh, okay. Written and performed by Lorena McKennett and uh, published by uh, Quinlan Road Limited, as, as I recall. I mean, it's just top of my head. Yeah, that's obviously something that's just um, popped into your mind. Okay, see, Warner Brothers Records. <laughs> Just in case anyone's keeping score. Yeah, go on. <laughs> you're putting me off, you're putting me off. Um, so obviously, really, am I putting you, you off? You are really good, really, because really, because you are. Sorry, go on. Yeah, can I please finish? You've put me, like, I don't even know where I am on my little list now. Oh yeah, if you want to start smoking, we've gone beyond that bit. So we're back. Because I'd hate to put oh, you off as soon as you're getting onto me. a point. That could get annoying. So go on. I'm done oh, now. can I? I'm done now. Will you allow that? I'll drink some rum. Yeah, you on. shush and drink your rum. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh, it's getting late, isn't it? Oh, we should hurry up. <laughs> oh, who should we? Who makes it? Oh, I've got an old lady again, Go on. So we're getting towards the finale here, and Ray and Benny are going to come and save the day, as they always do. So they break into, well, they use one of the guys that's outside, like being like the watchdog. They get him to, to go up the stairs, and he's going to take him into where the boy's being held captive. 
and there's a, a little bit of a shootout in a gum I'll say gun, not gunpowder factory, firework factory, lots of gunpowder around, and, and there's a bit of shooting that goes on, which was making me a bit nervous. But I was actually quite impressed with Ray's fighting. So the I think the the gun gets like kicked out of his hand or something, so he takes to you know a bit of fisticuffs, yeah. a bit of fighting, and he was pretty good. I thought I was impressed. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, when Benny's doing a bit of beating up the choir. Well, you see him doing that, and yeah. it's like. Uh, what I like that they, they usually use uh, Ray for is one slick move at the right time. So Benny's done all this great fighting skill, kicks someone towards the end, and then he'll be perfectly in place for him to clock him over the head. Yeah, yeah, and that's drop kind of normally. He does a like, great little slick finishing move. Yeah, but there was a little bit of fighting that came out of Ray in this, and I was impressed. Did a good job. Awesome. Maybe he's been learning off of Benny, I don't know. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking something up. And there was also a little bit which I, I feel like I kind of missed. I don't know if it was I was writing some notes. But, um, because <laughs> Dottie's snoring away again. Sorry, Dottie, if we're boring you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a bit where Dee from oh, Baker. She doesn't get shit for distracting you. <laughs> no, come on, look at her, she's too cute. Oh, well, I'll, I'll let, not. I'll oh, let, fine. I'll let Dottie get away. Fine. Listeners, I'll have you know I'm damn cute. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Deefen Baker arrives, and I I saw Benny saying thank you to Deefen Baker. What did Deefen Baker do? Benny saying. Yeah, thank he you. said thank you to Deefen Baker. Because he uh, shows up at the end and he forgives him. Oh, that's it. Just because or, he's been forgiven, he thanks him just for that. No, he doesn't forgive him. He's doesn't he do something at the end? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I think I was I was writing something and I missed what happened. But when I looked up. Diefenbaker was there and Benny was thanking him. I think Diefenbaker jumps up at the last moment. Doesn't he stop this guy? Oh. Look, it's actually happening on the TV and mute as we're speaking. And by the way, those were some nice frame moves, by the way. Did, mm, yeah, they were yeah. good, weren't they? They were good, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe I'll see now. But, yeah, I, I just remember seeing Diefenbaker. He says thank you. But then he's like, you know, I'm not, don't expect me to apologise. <laughs> I do love the moment where uh, they've got the box where he's making the offering and it's gun in there. Yeah, and he's going to like try and shoot him. That's nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, obviously he does know that this guy isn't a guy of honour. You see, there he is. He just I looked away again. Over. I looked away again. Jumped, just oh, over, my jumped over the fence as they're running down the alleyway yeah. with Benny in pursuit of the guy. So that's why he thanks him. Because yeah. he helps get he the helps guy. He helps get the guy. Okay. Uh, and then, are these, is, have you got anything else apart from the last scene? Um, no, pretty much. So then he goes the last the, great scene. Say, which you likened to the Blues Brothers. No, I was, was going to go past that because we already mentioned the firework factory. For some reason, I don't know why, but the guys at the door just made me think of the Blues Brothers when mm. they had the FBI. Um, and they're knocking down the door. Yeah. Anyway. That's another thing. I was just going to jump straight to Elaine, to Elaine. with Deef and Baker at the I end. I loved that little scene at the end. It was nice. You don't get a lot of Elaine Deef. Uh, <laughs> I like it when they do a, a, a pairing of characters you don't usually see. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, sorry, the, just because it's happening in the background while we're talking about it. The fireworks scene, the, the bit where they go into break in, and I was saying it was like the uh, Blues Brothers. Mm. It's because there's a big group of them who come in shooting and really annoy yeah they like, just burst open yeah. the doors and they all just start shooting and it's like there's no one there they've already saved the day what are you doing just guys? reminds me of the Blues Brothers where they kind of like 
click all the guns into like um, cock the guns ready to shoot them like you've got all the police in the world anyway yeah so Elaine is is eating ice cream and talking to Diefenbaker and then uh, goes you know what I mean holding out the spoon and then Dief just licks it yes (laughs) well you sure get bad complexion from eating all this ice cream as well it's a classic world but that's a sweet little moment it was so yeah, I, yeah, again, an enjoyable episode. Not a great episode. Mm. But Michelle, mm. do you want to give the rating first, or do you want to give the mm. uh, uh, American Canadian? I think we should do the American Canadian first, and then we'll give a rating. What do you reckon? Well, that's fine, aren't we? Okay. And I think we know who the most Canadian that we've going to be. I, I think so, anyway. And obviously, I it's think gonna, we're going to go to the gonna, same person. It's going to be one of these times where it's not going to be a Canadian because mm. they're. Okay, you throw a bit like the ground. Go, Michelle. Mr. Lee. Okay, Mr. Lee. Although, uh, Lee's pretty damn Canadian. Mm. This, but yeah, I think it's going to be Mr. Lee. Yeah. And most American. I think this this is more of a question. Yeah, I went for. Well, I wrote his name down as Jack. So he's one of these policemen, Huey Louie. Oh, he's so it's not Lewis. Oh, okay. The other one. I oh, went for what, him. What? qualities do you think made him most American? I decided to go for him after a conversation he had with Lewis in the corridor where he was um, he was going on about how kind of bummed out he was that they were losing points as police officers because ben, Benton and, and Ray were <laughs> You know your reason for most Americans always a really shitty one like <laughs> They're a bit no. slimy, so I thought they were most American. You know, we've got quite a lot of American listeners. Let's not, you know. <laughs> no. Yeah, damn, those have been quite healthy. I don't want to jeopardise them. I'm not saying that these guys are bad guys at all. I mean, they're police officers. It's just they wanted a bit of glory. And I think, I don't know, that kind of seems a little bit American to me, maybe. Okay. Always reaching for the American dream, always wanting to be the best, you know. Okay, trying to trying to swim around now. Uh, a for me, I'm gonna go for the there's two FBI guys. I'm gonna mm. go for the lead blonde FBI guy. Okay. Because uh, it's he had the biggest dick. Yeah, mainly for the dick measuring competition, but with the tape recorders, he had the yeah. biggest swinging dick, and that I think there is American thing about being number one. That's see, definitely... see, I think that's the same kind of thing that I was thinking. Yeah, but I didn't class you nice away. Uh, there's definitely a thing in America, like, yeah, they are number... They are seen as number one, which is kind of very questionable nowadays. But uh, they're always going, well, we're number one, they're the best in everything. As a country, not as individuals. So I think that side of it, I'd go with it. Are, are you going to stick with yours? or yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm going to stick with mine. Oh, okay, well, well, mine's right then. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, yeah, I I take these objectively. After we both give our pictures, I take them objectively and then decide I'm right. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So we already had the most, uh, the best Stephen Baker moment of the week. Yes, we I don't know why I shrugged at when I said that. It's like, (laughs) well, because we know he's your (laughs) favourite. She's like, oh, yeah. So, uh, that's a nice uh, visual joke that you just did yeah, there, yeah, Michelle. Yeah, it was nice yeah, visual. It's nice, yeah. Good just so all podcast. the listeners can Perfect. enjoy yeah. that at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, how many fortune cookies <sighs> out of ten would you give this? I think I'm going to give this one six out of ten. Because they do mention fortune cookies, so it's not racist. Uh, six out of ten. Yeah. I'm torn between five and six. Mm. I think... 
the thing that might swing it to six is the Elaine of it all. Mm. I enjoy Elaine's about a bit more. I want her to, to have better storylines, which I know she does get over time. So I do credit this show with evolving as well. And I think they realised how good she was from episodes like mm. this, and she get, they gave her more to do. And maybe... I mean, they had strong female characters, but they were always the, the guest parts until Elaine becomes a main member of the team, as does um, Ray's sister. Mm. So I think they got smarter to using female characters, which, again, I applaud them. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's unfortunate that, especially at this time, there weren't as many women with prominent roles in these kind of shows. Yeah. But I, th- I, I think, think it's a sign of the times, isn't it? But, but I give them credit, they, they got there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, Michelle, um, which episode is next week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Chicago Holiday Part 1. Ooh. And I am saying that from memory, actually. I mean, not that I'm ever cheating. Chicago Holiday Part 1. Yeah, it's not so. like you were looking at the episodes earlier on, was it? Oh, come on, but I remember it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and these, these were shown in October. Uh, uh, 1997. 97? I was so young back then. I think we all were. <laughs> we were all 20 about, years younger back then. 20 years younger, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we are actually going through these about 20 years after yeah. the fact. There will... It's got to be an episode coming up soon where we'll be doing an episode from 20 years ago pretty much exactly. Yeah, wow. It's kind of weird. Kind it's of kind of weird to think it was that long ago, oh my goodness. Well, there's about to be a, a college reunion for our college group yeah. that we're in whilst this was going on, so that'll be 20... Mm. That's weird. Mm. Oh, we're old! <laughs> and on that bombshell moment of us realising exactly how old we are... <laughs> I've been Detective Squee, with me as always has been Dutty Baker, and joining us, our other co-host has been... Mountie Michelle. Until next week, keep them compasses pointed due south by southeast. I don't know what the accent's about. <laughs> <laughs>